0: your fellow children of God. A few drops of water, a few short statements from God's word about sin and faith and forgiveness, the name Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, spoken as some water is poured or sprinkled on a squirming or sleeping baby. Baptism does not appear to be very powerful or life-changing until someone shows up. The one who took John the Baptist's breath away as he looked up one day to see the next person who was waiting in line to be baptized. What was Jesus doing there? John the Baptist tried to talk him out of it, saying, Jesus, I need to be baptized by you. John, of course, was right. Jesus, the sinless Son of God, had no need for baptism for himself. He replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And then John baptized Jesus, and and look what happened. The sky opened up. The Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove. And God the Father's voice declared Jesus to be his own son. Now what was the meaning of all of that? And does that make a difference in who we are and how we live? Today's Bible reading shows us the eternal difference that the baptism of Jesus made for a man named Cornelius. He was a Roman army officer who was stationed in the land of Israel. And it seems that while he was there, he came to hear God's word and came to faith in the Lord. The Bible tells us that he and his family were God-fearing people who prayed regularly and were known for helping the poor but they were non-Israelites. They were not physical descendants in the nation of Abraham. And that was a problem, at least for the Apostle Peter at this time. While Peter was politely thankful that Cornelius was a believer, he really wasn't interested in associating with somebody like that, someone whose background and religious customs were at that time so different from his own. And do you know what? Peter would not have been interested in spending time with non-Israelites like you or me either. Now why? Didn't Peter know that God had so loved the world, the whole world, that that's why he sent his one and only son? Well, Peter knew, but Sometimes he forgot exactly what that meant. Do we forget sometimes too? Do we sometimes look down on others if their customs are very different from our own? Do we at times find it more uh, that we are able to be more trusting of others if they look like us or speak the same language that we do? Do we ever feel that some are less deserving of God's love because they keep ignoring his will or because their sins are different from ours? There's a word for that, favoritism. Treating others either better or worse based on appearances. And God tells us that favoritism is sinful. And like the Apostle Peter, we struggle with it too. But look at what happened in the life of the Apostle Peter. In this reading, he is right inside the home of Cornelius. And he is joyfully exclaiming, I realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. How did that happen? What brought about that change? Well God gave the Apostle Peter a vision with a message from heaven to teach him this. You can read about the details of that vision and its message in the earlier part of Acts chapter 10 and I would encourage you to do that. But once Peter understood that he gladly went to Cornelius's house And shared God's word with him and his family. And he even baptized all of them in the name of Jesus. The apostle Peter rejoiced that God showed not favoritism, but his favor. His undeserved love to all people alike. Now is there a message from God That can help us to more fully appreciate this too. Well, there is. That is one of the messages that God has for us in the baptism of Jesus. Why was Jesus baptized? It was for us, for you, and for me, and for each person on earth. Jesus said that this was part of his work to fulfill All righteousness to save all sinners. Now Jesus had been fulfilling righteousness all along. He had been living without sin every moment of every day and he would continue to do that. But now he was beginning the part of his work where he would suffer for the sins of others. And to do that, he could not keep his distance from us and from our sins. And that is why he was standing in line with sinners, waiting to be baptized. Isaiah promised that he would come to be numbered with the transgressors. He allowed our guilt to be charged against him. The Bible says God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so Jesus was baptized in our place as if he were a sinner in need of baptism and then he continued his work to fulfill all righteousness as he received the judgment that we deserve for our sins he made complete payment for our sins even spending time in a grave because the wages of our sin is death. He fulfilled all righteousness for us and for all. And even for the Son of God, there was nothing easy about that. The baptism of Jesus gave him strength and encouragement for that difficult work. As Jesus was baptized and the sky opened up, The Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove and landed on Jesus. That was one of the ways Isaiah's promise was fulfilled, that he would be anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And in a way that goes beyond our understanding, one person of the triune God, the Holy Spirit, is giving strength and encouragement to another person of the triune God, God the Son, our Savior and Lord. And God the Father was involved in that, too. As the sky opened up, the Father's voice proclaimed, "'This is my Son, whom I love. "'With Him, I am well pleased.'" God the Father declared Jesus to be His one and only Son and placed His stamp of approval on everything that Jesus had done and would do to save us. And in this event, we see Father and Son and Holy Spirit united to love and to save us. In the baptism of Jesus, God the Father is proclaiming, look here, this one who is being baptized, this one is the true Son of God. I am well pleased with him. He has done the work necessary to save you. Your sins are forgiven and paid for. Be at peace. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were active and working in power in another baptism too. In yours. As the water and the word of baptism came to you, God himself showed up and he came in power. He was washing sin away and creating faith within you. And giving you a brand new birth as a child in his family. Making you acceptable to him. In today's Bible reading we hear that God accepts the one who fears him and does what is right. How does that describe you? Do you fear God and do what is right? Do you have such a deep respect of God? That you will avoid everything that is sinful and do what is right? Do you always gladly worship and make time for his word? Do you refuse to allow angry or lustful thoughts in your minds even for a moment? I think we all see why we need the one who came to be baptized in our place. He came to fulfill all righteousness so that he can wrap us in his righteousness. The Bible says that in baptism you have been clothed with Christ. That his righteousness washes away your sin and now covers you with Jesus' obedience and holiness. And as God sees you in Christ, he says... You are my child, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. In Christ, God sees you as one who fears him and does what is right. That is his gift to you. This is, as our reading says, the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Because he is the one who went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. In your baptism, God rescues you from sin and guilt. In your baptism, God frees you from the devil's control and claim. In your baptism, God brings you to himself and makes you his own dear child. And as God has made you his own, He gives you now a brand new identity, a brand new purpose in life. You are His child whom He loves. One who is to make Him known to others. To how many others? To each one that you can reach without showing favoritism, without ever treating others better or worse based on appearances, or on how they've treated you in the past. And I don't have to tell you that that is not easy to do. How can we overcome the temptation to show favoritism? Remember what Peter came to realize. How true it is that God does not show favoritism. If God showed favoritism, would he find a reason to love us? Would we stand out above others as more worthy or deserving of God's love? All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all of us alike need the undeserved love of our God. And thank God that he shows not favoritism, but his favors. The gift of his undeserved love in his own son who came for us to fulfill all righteousness. And his undeserved love for us must change the way that we think about others. Even those who are very different from ourselves. God desires to save each one exactly the same. And I pray that we remember what it means that God's love is really for all, so that we may show His favor to others, reflecting the undeserved love that He has shown to us in Christ, as we remember how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but sent His Son who is Lord and savior of all. In baptism, God has shown favor to you. See God's favor in the baptism of Jesus, who came for you and for all. See God's favor in your baptism too, where his undeserved love has made you his own child with brand new life in Christ, so that you may share his favor with others too. Amen.